Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your boy Dante Stevie J. Collins. Hope y'all having a good night. And welcome to season five of the Dante Stevie J. Collins show. Um, before I start my episode, um, I would like to say thank y'all to my loyal uh, listeners. I know it's been a very long time. <laughs> very long time. Um, honestly, y'all, I thought about quitting this shit, man, over the uh, season finale. Um, I know I said a lot of things in the season finale, but I was just, y'all, it got to a point. I was like, man, fuck this shit. I'm tired of doing this shit. I'm tired of giving it my all and nothing's not popping off. But, um, I don't know. I just had to take a mental break, man. Um, I know it was what February twenty sixth, and the last time I did the episode was New Year's Eve. So um, I just had to think about if I stop doing this, what's gonna happen? Because y'all, I think I did, I think I did like seventy five episodes, and I said, "Fuck it, let me just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going." But sometimes, man, you be like, man, why I'm doing this? Is anybody listening? That's why I love it when some of my classmates, some of my people, you know, hit me up on Messenger or my phone and say, man, hey, you got a good podcast, Dante. You know, keep on doing your thing. It's going to work out for you. To me, like, that's motivation to me. And that shows that somebody's listening to my crazy ass. So, like I said, I would like to say thank you to all the loyal people out there, man. I fuck with you. Um, also, um, I would like to give my boy Bobby Scott some prayers. He lost his father. Um, I know how it feels to lose a dad. You know, I lost my dad to COVID. Um, so, Bobby, man, if you listening, man, I love you, dog. If you need if you need anything ready to talk, I'm here for you, man. But um yeah. So um tonight's episode is gonna be um very serious. It's because when I talk about my favorite athletes, I get real emotional, you know. I really care about these athletes, man, because especially football players. Because I used to be a football player. No, I didn't go pro. But I played professionally overseas and shit like that. So, um, you know, I know how it is. But I never reached a level as an NFL player. And when I say played overseas, I mean played like a little all-star game here and there overseas, traveled to Germany. Stuff like that. But um, this past weekend, um, Cam Newton got in a fight. Um, I'm very very disgusted because it seems like Cam Newton is the most hated quarterback in the history of the NFL. And people, y'all know I'm not lying. Every time you turn around, Cam Newton's this, Cam Newton's that. Cam Newton's a bitch. Cam Newton's a pussy. 
Cam Newton's gay. He's soft. He can't fight. <laughs> I mean, every time I get on Facebook, get on Twitter, you know, it's more negatives about Cam Newton than positives. Um, like I said, it's just, it blows my mind how many black folks disrespect Cam Newton. Now I get these white people because white people don't like black quarterbacks, don't like really don't like black athletes. They swear they're superior to us and everything like that. But seeing so many black folks, even young kids, I'm talking about I ain't talking about no eight year olds. I'm talking about high school niggas, middle school niggas disrespect Cam Newton is crazy. Like you're forgetting that Cam Newton had the NFL on lock. He had the NFL in a chokehold. And <laughs> and y'all, it's like y'all, for, y'all forgot that Cam Newton was the most feared quarterback at one point in the NFL. Um, It blows my mind. But um, before I even... Get on with my um. Get on with this topic. I'm gonna let y'all this to a video. So give me one second. Atlanta, Cam. He didn't throw any punches in the video. Now the former NFL MVP's team won the championship at the event, but that's not the story. The story is six five, two hundred fifty pound Cam Newton trying to throw other people off of him and he gets jumped bringing it on camera cam newton has been the center of attention for several reasons but this one very interesting and unfortunate joy what's your reaction yeah he didn't have to throw any punches because he's 6'5 255 professional athlete that did it for a living for how many years <laughs> yeah y'all um you know conveyor belt stamp repeat men are not built the same so stop doing that i hope this was a lesson to you that you're not built like that i try to say this all the time everybody thinks they're froggy and they can handle it until they get tossed around like little kids. They're like four or five of you. Cam is not built like that. He's built different. God spent a little bit more time on him. Y'all are the conveyor belt guys. Don't do that. So I hope that lesson was learned loud and clear. I cannot stand this. This is such a terrible look. It's so disappointing. You are at a camp for kids. What are we talking about right now? These are children trying to learn the game of football and you're jumping Cam Newton. Yeah, this is uh, MVP. Is the MVP of the league. It's, it's, it played in a Super Bowl. Won a Heisman Trophy. Heisman does not have to be spending his time trying to to influence the the youth of America, the game of football. And this is what you're doing. I, it's so embarrassing. I, I have so many more words that I'm not allowed to use on this television because I will get fired. But this is some this is some really interesting behavior for <laughs> adult men to be participating in. I. I I don't want to get fired today, so I'm going to pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this this is sad. And I have two boys in youth football. we in seven seasons right now, so we're in seven-on-seven seven tournaments every week. And I see this every week. And I have gotten to a, a couple heated conversations with, 
with other coaches, our parents, because these mm-hmm. parents are living through these kids. These coaches are living through these kids, right? They didn't make it to the National Football League. They see their kids got some talent or they're competing against Cam Newton and they got a really good football team. So they start talking junk and you get in these heated conversations. I have told plenty of people meet me at the gas station. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Like, I don't do it in front of the kids, but if you really feel like that after this tournament, you know what I mean, and you think certain people a certain type of way, you, you can meet me over here. But it's sad because this is the reason why we get a lot of NFL athletes partnering with people to do camps and coming for two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then everybody is mad that these people are not here on the field putting in time with these kids because... This is how we treat them. This is how we reward them for giving us time back, for bringing awareness to a seven-on-seven camp. It's a lot of college coaches and people that come out to these seven-on-seven camps knowing that it's going to be NFL players' teams out here and it's going to be a lot of talent. And this is how you guys reward Cam Newton for giving back to his community. It's sad. I see it day in and day out, parents living through their kids, thinking their kids are going to the National Football League tomorrow, and they are not and not trusting the process, not trusting the coaches with their kids, and you end up in situations like this. It's disgusting to watch. It's disgusting to see that Cam Newton had to even deal with this. You know what I mean? At a camp that he's trying to be out there to support these kids. But like I said, I'm not surprised. I see it almost every weekend at these 7-on-7 tournaments, and it's just disgusting, man. It's terrible, and it's embarrassing. Just think about this. Let's say Cam Newton doesn't even come back no more, Mm -hmm. right? Who loses out? Kids. The kids lose out. They lose out. If I can go back to when I was 15, 14, what are these ages, 10? What are these, these kids? Now, and, yeah. and I get to play in front of Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or, or Dan Marino. Like, it's a motivation, right? That's what it's for. A lot of these kids, they want to potentially go to the NFL one day. And you have an MVP there probably helping you out, showing you this, showing you that, touching you, saying he's real. You can become me. You can be me. You can be better than me. And now y'all attacking this dude? He had to protect himself. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think about, like, the, 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 the parents, but it's really the kids that lose out. He might have never even come back. Every you know what? I'm done with this. He is rich. Yeah. He, has, he has a good podcast. He don't have to help no kids out. He'll do whatever he want to do. But he's trying to get back to his community, and y'all want to fight him? And then the sad part is when you really watch it, Cam is about 6'5", 255 pounds. See him at the yep. Super Bowl? I was like, man, I yeah. forgot how big he was. We was talking, we was joking. And I'm just thinking about if he really wanted to dog them, them, them kids or whoever it was, them players attacking him, he could have hurt them people. Yeah. And he didn't have a lawsuit. I've been here before. Yeah. And my thing is, like, he's really grabbing them and he's moving around yeah. and trying to protect himself. That's why every day I go to the gym and I box. No, no doubt. It's because it's going to be somebody one day. You leave, I'm walking gonna in. He's going to see me. He's going to see them bling in the air. He's going to see some, hey, let me just, let me yeah. just, he said something about my, my favorite player. Let me try him. <laughs> When you do try me one time, I might not be like Cam. <laughs> Every day I'm busting. Just in case, y'all want to try me though. Hey, we laughing, but I'm serious. This is sad. This is terrible, bro. It's terrible, man. Don't do it. Do not. If you try, just know. If you hey, what combo you just hit him with? Yar. What combo you just? The one. He said they gonna catch one of them. I blame social media. I blame social media. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Social media media has made 
players and it made individuals too accessible. Social media has allowed everyone to think that they are on the same level as others who you used to have to earn the right to be on somebody's level. Mm -hmm. To enter into a room with Cam Newton, you used to have to qualify for that. To enter into a room with some of the biggest and greatest geniuses, the most wealthy individuals in our world, the biggest entertainers, the biggest stars, you used to have to qualify for that. But now because platforms exist where two individuals who aren't at all on the same playing field can have a conversation, then when you meet that individual in person, you think you're equal. You're not. And so these individuals go back and forth with Cam on social. Then they see Cam in person and they think they're the same. You're not. You're a mere mortal. Cam Newton was Superman, quite literally on the football field. So the dilemma I have is that social media has made everyone so accessible and made too many people relatable. That's why I try not to go back and forth with people. Like, you have to earn the right to talk to people. You can't just walk up to nobody and start having conversations. Like, you realize, we're talking about Cam Newton. Yeah. NFL MVP, Heisman winner, one of the greatest football players in the history of the game of football, regardless at what level. Junior college won an Addy, uh, D1 won an Addy, NFL went to a Super Bowl, won an NFL MVP. One of the greatest players in the history of the game, yeah. and you just think you can talk to Cam because there are different applications and devices that allow you to. No, they don't think they can talk to Cam. They think they can beat Cam up. It's crazy. <laughs> they think they can beat Cam up. But do you remember the video? It was three years ago. Cam was at a camp, mm. and the little kid was like, you trash, bro. You ain't even signed. Yeah. You ain't got a contract. You this, this, this video right yeah. here is back uh, 20, 2021, 2021. You trash, bro. Cam's like, wait, let me talk to your daddy. Yeah. Right. And the kid is like, you trash. And I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, Joy, I'm pulling my hair out, Shady, I'm pulling my hair out. Because I remember when I was a kid, some random special teams player for the Rams came in and talked to my classroom. Mm -hmm. I know who he was. Yeah. Last name was Cody, number 38 for the Rams. The I knew he was in the league. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got somebody in the yeah, league who him. was willing to come talk to me. And now this day and age, you got little boys saying that Cam Newton is trash because he was unsigned. I said, this is mad. And that is crazy, but that's a kid. Yeah. These are grown Zero men. Zero respect, too, though. Who, 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 from what I read, actually knew Cam. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's, that's, even, oh. that's even crazier. Like, that's... The, 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 the fact that grown men are doing this... A, a disrespectful kid, okay, you're a, you're a kid. Like, you shouldn't be talking to adults like that, but oh, this yeah. clearly somebody needs to intervene in your life. We've all been a little wild when we were children before. What's, what's crazy about this is that this is, these are adults taking away from a, ch a children's experience of one of the greatest players of all time coming down and spending their time with kids to teach them football, and now they are, he's involved in having to throw you little people around Question. because you, you, the three of you think that you're going three or four, however many. But, like, Shane, to be serious, though, like, this is, this is not, this is what bothers me about this because we used to have these conversations all the time about Russell Westbrook, people talking crazy to Russell Westbrook, mm -hmm. walking on the court with Russell, Russell yeah. Westbrook, and constantly people would tell me, like, like Russ, Russ isn't tough, like, Russ can't fight. Russ could rip your head <laughs> off of your body with his bare hands. These are extremely strong men. Cam Newton drags 400-pound men across the field. What do you think you're going to do to him? But outside of the fact that you're completely delusional and need to go touch grass, get stop tweeting so much and go outside and rub your hands in some grass, the fact that you are being so disrespectful to, to assault him at a camp where you are supposed to be there helping kids also is what is so disappointing and frustrating about it because this image is horrific. And this is for kids, and you're supposed to be teaching them the sport. Yeah. How am I, as a kid, I'm 15 years old, I'm supposed to listen to what these men are talking about now? For what? What you, 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 you listen to me? Can't, you probably came to this camp because it came to Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's the disappointing thing about it all because... It's a handful of NFL guys that got some teams out there that is really getting their hands dirty, right? Cam Newton is one of those dudes. 
I have seen Cam Newton out here at these 707 camps in the middle of the huddle, calling plays, helping these young people develop. And now you out here attacking Cam Newton, and then you got other dudes that did not play the game or whatnot that starting this stuff or causing this stuff to happen, and they not even teaching the kids the right way to play the game. And right. you got a dude that has played the game at the highest level, given his time and being out there. Okay, you heard the um video. Uh, shout out to uh, First Things First with George Taylor. Shady McCoy, Acho, you know, the people. Um, like I was saying before, um, I don't get the Cam Newton slander. I don't get it because, like I said before, he had the NFL on lock. He did. So, to all you bitch niggas that say Cam Newton's a bum, Last time I checked, these numbers are not bum numbers. Cam Newton has scored 194 touchdowns in his career. He has threw over 32,000 yards. 32,000. And he only have 123 interceptions. So... Um just just let that sink in. You heard the numbers. Um last time I checked, Cam Newton was a Heisman Trophy winner. Um he won the national championship in college, junior college. He made it to a Super Bowl. <laughs> so I'm not getting why he's a bum and I see you kids talking about some oh you not in the league you not signed you trash do y'all understand football do y'all understand that it is politics in the NFL do you know the owners run the fucking league see my whole thing is with the NFL, I'm a big fan. I will always be a fan today I die. But we all know Cam Newton should be on the NFL roster. We know that. If you don't believe Cam Newton should be on the NFL roster, you don't know football. Um, I just don't get... Why so many black folks hate Cam Newton. Like, this nigga do everything for you, bitch niggas. He gives back to the community. He's always donating money. He's always looking out for upcoming football players. He's always running these fucking 707 camps. I mean, he's always doing something for you, bitch niggas. And y'all niggas just basically say, kiss my ass and spit on his goddamn face. I don't get it. But I bet you bitch niggas won't go to Peyton Manning's fucking camp and talk shit to him. Brett Favre, Tom Brady. Philip Rivers. Eli Manning, his sorry ass, but nobody does not. Man, 
look, Eli Manning is a sorry-ass quarterback that won two titles. If you believe Eli was that dude, you don't know football. I mean, damn. What is it about Cam Newton that you don't respect? And please don't say, well, he didn't die for the bowl for the ball in the soup in the Super Bowl. So you telling me Peyton Manning, Brett Favre would have dove for that ball if you had Demarcus Ware and fucking Von Miller coming at you? So you telling me like you wouldn't die for that ball? Yeah, keep on saying, well, it was a championship game. Do you know how many quarterbacks that made that mistake in the game? See, y'all forgetting that Peyton Manning got his ass whooped by Seattle in the Super Bowl. But nobody don't say nothing about that. Last time I checked, Seattle scored like 45 points on the Broncos. And y'all don't say nothing. Think, don't get me wrong. Peyton Manning is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. I mean, but it seemed like Cam Newton does not get no love. The only person y'all show love to is Michael Vick. That's the only person. And I don't get it. And people got to understand at these fucking 707 tournaments... It gets real. I don't know why. Me being a former football player, playing 7-on-7, seven seven, it does get real. 7-on-7 seven seven is like playing street basketball. It's like playing at the Rucker. It's like and one. It, it gets real. And like they said on the video, I just made y'all hear here. These these parents, these coaches live through these kids. I don't know why. Me, I have a son. If he want to play football and everything, I am not going to get involved in his games. Because I know how I am, but I'm just saying. These parents and these coaches need to sit their fucking ass down. Now, I'll see if it's a fucking real football game, y'all hitting pads, bands playing music and shit like that. You have an announcer and shit, but it's 7-on-7. Seven seven. It don't count for shit. Now, don't get me wrong. It be college scouts at these damn 7-on-7 seven seven, um, tournaments. They do. Trust me, when I um when I played 7-on-7 seven seven for my high school team at Terry Parker High School, 7-on-7, um, seven seven, I say this. Seven on seven, it became popular. Mm, I say my tenth grade year, head to my eleventh grade year. That's when seven on seven, seven on seven was not that popular, but it was getting there. Um, like I said, my first seven on seven action was when um, me and my high school team we traveled to FSU. For their seven on seven tournament, I think it had to been like I say twenty five teams there. Um, um, we had a lot of teams from basically Florida. Um, 
like I said, we the only game I can remember. I mean, I remember, I remember a few games. Um, the rules are kind of different. Like the quarterback got like eight seconds to throw the ball, stuff like that. The running back is not really an important asset in seven on seven. Basically, you're doing like option routes and flare routes, basically. Um, but when I went to the FSU camp, I played a uh, linebacker, so it was kind of weird. Um, I think we I think we finished in third or fourth place. But I remember this one team we played against. Um, they, um what was their fucking name? I think their their name was the FAMU Prep School. They looked just like FAMU. Same colors, orange, green. Um these guys is really talented. These guys were tall, they was big. Um, some of these guys had offers to all Division One schools, and I remember when we played against them. Um, it was a lot of t- look. It was a lot of shit talking. It was a lot. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, shit got real. I remember this one play. We had this boy named Andre Smith, um, and he was guarding one of the receivers. <laughs> so the receiver caught the ball. And shook Andre, and the niggas on the sideline started laughing at his ass. That shit was funny, but I said it was shit talk. But it was not like no, oh beat your ass, cause like you saw, or you a baby, you saw like it was stuff like that. But now these seven on seven tournaments, they're getting to a point where, like, it's looking like a wrestling promo. Um, like I said, the only time when I played seven on seven, it got real is when we played locally my senior year. Uh, we played first coast. Um, we talked shit to them. They talked shit to us. We played Wolfson. Uh, we played, uh, Inglewood. We played a lot, a lot of goddamn teams, but like I said, the, the only team really we had a shot match with was with first coast because first coast had all. Good players on their team, and it was a guy named Sherrod Pittman. Um, I think he went to the University of South Carolina. He played linebacker. I don't know what happened to him, but um, he got mad because we were scoring on him. So he stopped cussing to my fuck these niggas, fuck, fuck them Southside niggas, you know, stuff like that. But our coach told us not to talk no shit back. So we didn't talk shit back because First Coast was one of them teams that had. Basically, every nigga from different walks of life. Niggas from the east side, niggas from the west side, south side. <laughs> like, you know, Moncrief, you know, Washington Heights, from uh, Cleveland Arms. Like, we had, they had different niggas on their team. And, you know, my high school team, you know, they wasn't built like that. Especially my senior year, we had none of the soft niggas on my team. But, sorry, I know I got off track, but... Like I said, these seven on seven tournaments, they get wild, they get crazy. Honestly, man, I think seven on seven tournaments need more security. They need more police detail because, you know, football games football games and black people, sometimes things go wrong. Y'all see what happened to fucking uh Khalid Talib. 
I think his brother shot somebody or some shit like that, but and killed somebody. But I'm just saying. But um, like I said, why? I mean, why do us black people act stupid in public? Like niggas don't appreciate nothing. Like, do you know, man? I wish. I wish. NFL players did shit like this when I was in high school. I mean, Cam Newton is taking time out of his day to give y'all exposure. Because we, we all know getting Division One Division One letters is hard, man. It's hard. Like, to all my football players listen to this, man, you, you know it's hard, man. Like, everybody's fucking... Circumstances is different. Like, thank God I had some good supporting, you know, parents. But I trust me, I know a lot of guys that was overlooked because of the size. And that's the one thing about Division One colleges; they want size. Like, they don't care what you do on the field. If you got that size, they gonna recruit you. Um, you know. Some guys have great parents that got money. You know, these camps ain't cheap. Like, you got to go to camps. You have to go to these damn, you know, travel the country to these camps. Like, Miami camp, UCLA, FIU. Um, Thank God that I got invited to a camp. Because, honestly, man, I only went to, like, one College camp that was FIU. Thank God they had that camp in Jacksonville. I got invited, and you know that's how I got noticed by colleges, because you know my ninth grade year had a great year. Tenth grade, my dumbass had bad grades, so I wasn't you know I couldn't play the whole year. I missed my tenth grade year, and that fucked me up. Eleventh grade year, I don't I think I played like four games because I got in a fight. And I was suspended half of the damn season. So I went into my 11th grade year, you know, on some <laughs> do or die shit, man. On some 50 cent shit. So I remember um, my 12th grade year, like I said, my 11th grade year heading to my 12th grade year. Um, I ain't have shit yet, man. I ain't have shit. Um, this I have. I had a letter from Arizona, but it didn't offer me. But um, man, I remember sitting. I mean, I was sitting in the fucking. I remember I was sitting in the locker room in the field house, and I was like, "Damn, Dante, what you gonna do?" So, like I said, during this time, Andre Smith was getting recruited by everybody, and Andre had FSU at our school, North Carolina. He had different schools. So one day, um, FIU was looking at Andre. And somehow, I made some plays in practice, my size. And the FIU, FIU coach gave, um, told my coach, hey, gave him a car. So I was invited to the um, Jacksonville FIU camp at Jacksonville Stadium. And that's how I got my offers and stuff. But, um and crazy thing about it, I was the only one invited to that camp at my team. I mean, other than Andre, but he didn't go. But I'm saying it's just 
when you're trying to get recruited, man, by these schools, man, you need every opportunity. So since this fight happened at Cam Newton's um, tournament, this shit's probably the last time he's going to do it. And um, like, like adults, man, y'all mess up for the kids, bro. It's probably it's nah, it's probably some niggas out there that needed this camp to be, you know, seen by a college scout. And the dudes that jumped on Cam Newton, these these guys are grown men. These guys is probably hating on Cam Newton. They said they know Cam Newton. Um, like, come on, you you put your hands on Cam Newton, why? Like I be y'all be so quick to jump on Cam Newton, but last time I checked, um George Zimmer, George Zimmerman my bad, George Zimmerman is still alive. He killed Train Rob Martin. And yeah, I ain't do shit about it. So y'all be so quick to kill a nigga. Uh a beat up a nigga. Every time I was looking on social media, somebody talking about Cam Newton. Nah, I can beat his ass. Do you know Cam Newton is that nigga? Uh, Cam, Cam Newton is about 6'5", 6'6", 255. A professional athlete. And y'all niggas thought y'all was going to jump on him. This ain't no regular nigga. Not, look, the dudes that jumped on Cam Newton. Niggas look out of shape. Don't look, look, don't look like they lift weights or nothing like that. So y'all thought grown man strength was going to help y'all with Cam Newton? Cam Newton was basically playing with y'all niggas. If Cam Newton would have swung on y'all, if Cam Newton would have fought back, oh, here's a lot of niggas out. See, y'all niggas think, because you work at the warehouse, you work at a, um, I don't know, you work at a, Regular ass job, y'all think y'all can play in the NFL? Y'all think I can y'all can beat up a pro- professional boxer? Y'all think I can beat everybody ass? Now basketball players, they different. Basketball players soft as fuck. But come on now, y'all should have known. You're like y'all know Cam Newton's from College Park. That's in the heart of ATL. I know a lot of. Hood niggas that came from College Park. If not mistaken, what outcast from there? Um, Killer Mike. Like it's a lot of niggas from College Park. Like I said, to me, man, I'm not finna go back and forth with you, man. I'm not finna. Talk to I'm not gonna talk shit to you about a seven on seven game. Honestly, to be honest, seven on seven games are stupid to me. Me being part, me playing arena football too. Like like seven on seven is a waste of time. Now, at seven on seven, you had pads on and you can hit, cool. But what? Why you think the fucking NFL and and football is so terrible now? Because niggas can't fucking tackle. 
To be honest, 707 is making the game soft. And that's my opinion. But, like, y'all doing this shit on, on Black History Month, too. We always attacking each other. We always tearing each other down. But when it comes to the fucking crackers out there, y'all want to be all nice and all, yes, sir, no, sir. See, it reminds me of the slave plantation. When it comes to time, Brady, I give that man the utmost respect. Can I mean, Tom Brady is a is a good quarterback, but come on now. I mean, Tom, like y'all call Tom Brady the greatest quarterback ever. This man has been part of so many damn scandals. The Flake Gate, Spy Gate. <laughs> like, come on, man. But y'all, y'all consider him the best quarterback ever. Never said, I understand Kendrick and got kids and this and that. And he, he not married. He got like seven kids. But at the end of the day, he was a great football player. And you cannot take that away from him. Y'all can't. Y'all cannot take that away from him. This dude has done the unthinkable. Come on, man. You won a fucking national championship in Bling College in Texas. Then you go to the SEC and win a national championship. And this dude beat Bama. When Alabama was at its peak. When Alabama had dogs on their fucking team. Mark Ingram. Ed Lacey. Yeldon. I can't remember who the quarterback was. I think I think it was McElroy. I think it was McElroy. But I was saying, Alabama had a team. Think about that fucking defense they had. <laughs> and he beat Bama at, at Tessalusa. And don't get me wrong, I, I hated Cam Newton. <laughs> When he was in college because, you know, because he was so great and he was doing everything great. Like I said, he he played at Blaine College, won the national championship. Then the, next, the following year goes to fucking Auburn and made them to a superpower team and won the national championship against Oregon. Come on, man. Like, like, come on, y'all. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm at loss of words, man. And it's always a little nigga disrespecting Cam Newton. Oh, you trash. Oh, you this. You that. You a bitch. You this and that. I'm telling you, man. This is why niggas don't fuck with y'all, with us. Like I said, y'all, I'm part of the problem too. I would never go up to a football player and disrespect them. Excuse me. But I would never go up to a football player and disrespect, and disrespect them. Especially me being 27 years old. I didn't make it in the field. I, I, I didn't make it. I did not make it in the field. Don't get me wrong. There's some sorry-ass niggas in the league. But Cam Newton's not one of them sorry-ass niggas. 
I'm just just disgusted, man. I don't know how many times I gotta say this, but black people, black men, we need to do better, man. And start hating. Y'all, it's like we want to clout chase so bad. Oh, I talked shit to Cam Newton. Oh, I'm, oh, I had Cam Newton shook. One thing about Cam Newton, he was, look, every time one of you bitch niggas talk shit to him, he stand on business. And he showed y'all, if you put your hands on him, your ass will be get, your ass will get dealt with. And dog, I wish, bro, I wish I was there. Because if them niggas would have did that to Cam, oh, especially the little pussy. Look, if you if you watch the video, the little pussy light-skinned nigga, I would have knocked that nigga ass out. Nigga, I would have fought for Cam. Because you're not going to sit there, and I'm not going to sit there and let you jump one of my idols, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and let you jump on him. Or anything, I I just can't sit there and and see some guys jumping on somebody because I've been jumped. When I got jumped, I had a fucking concussion. This happened at fucking middle school in the Highlands. I got jumped and had a concussion, and nobody didn't have my fucking back. I was knocked out cold. And then people tell my son, "Man, can man tell my son." If Cam Newton would have would have swung back, that's a lawsuit. How? He he is defending himself. They jumped on him. They jumped on him. Also, I saw the interview with the, the two guys that jumped on him. Talking about some he I made you. Talking about Cam Newton said I made you, and then he had punched the son, punched his brother or something. Like, come on, stop fucking lying. Y'all niggas got mad because y'all got beat in the championship. Proper some calls and go your way. And you got mad and got on and got in Cam Newton's face. And Cam Newton roughed y'all niggas up. You, y'all I'm saying y'all lucky that nigga didn't punch y'all in y'all shit because y'all probably be in the fucking morgue or the hospital right now. But anyway, man. If I was Cam Newton, I'd stop doing this shit. Fuck these niggas, man. Take care of your kids and live on with your life. Fuck these niggas because these niggas don't appreciate shit. These niggas be so quick. Man, he fake. He don't do that for the for the uh, black community. You see why? This is why niggas, athletes, do not give back. For example, every time a nigga fucking gives back, either he get jumped on or he get killed. Look at people like Young Dolph. Young Dolph was giving back to his community doing doing a fucking turkey drive in Memphis. What happened? Y'all niggas kill him. It it seemed like if you're famous or you're a a high-profile celebrity... Your life is at stake. King Von dead. Like, I can go on. And so many black men that are famous is not here with us enjoying their money and enjoying their family. 
Like I said, if I was famous, bitch, y'all not getting a dime for me. Because y'all niggas are ungrateful. Y'all don't appreciate shit. Y'all y'all think these athletes are just some oh he soft as fuck. He 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 uh rich and famous. Can't like I said, Cam Newton's from the from College Park. College Park ain't no fucking pussy ass place. Y'all think these niggas ain't bout it. Man, Terry Crews, he soft as fuck. Okay. How about one of y'all bitch niggas run up on Terry Crews? Go ahead and do it. How about how about one of y'all niggas run up on Zion Williamson? I bet y'all won't. Run up on uh, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb. Run up on these niggas, man, since y'all niggas hard. Y'all think because y'all beating up these weak-ass niggas in the streets, these niggas are professional athletes. They work out for a living. I keep on telling you, bitch niggas, the weight room is very essential. When, when y'all niggas run up on me, I bet y'all put you on the fucking floor. I bet y'all beat your ass. If I was, I, I wish when you bitch, look, I wish when you bitch niggas run on me. Nigga, I love the fucking fight. And I'm not, look, if you know me personally, you, you know I'm about that shit. I don't give a fuck. I ain't no hood nigga. I ain't no, no street nigga. Nigga, I got hands. Fuck, fuck, look, fuck all that gun shit. Nigga, let's fight, nigga. And that's what, and that's just, look, that's what's wrong with y'all bitch niggas now. Y'all niggas can't fucking fight. Y'all be so fucking quick to pull a gun on a nigga and shit. That's why these motherfucking other bitches don't respect us. Because we some bitch niggas that can't fucking fight. White boys, they fight each other. Mexicans, they fight each other. Puerto Ricans, they fight each other. As soon as you beat up, uh, as soon as you beat a nigga ass, he come back and shoot you. Niggas can't take ass whoopings. Like I said, try me with that bullshit. Put your hands on me. And watch gonna watch. And I know, nigga, I took look. I used, look. I used to fucking box. Trust me, I I can hit your ass. With a one-two who real quick. Right, left, hook. Real fucking fast. I always tell you niggas, do not underestimate these niggas, man. Because they got money. They still real niggas. Look, it don't matter if they got fucking money. But anyway, man, like I said, man, I'm sorry this happened to Cam Newton, man. I'm very, very disgusted. Like I said, stop doing this, Cam. Worry about yourself. Worry about your kids, man. 
don't worry about these other niggas because these these niggas don't appreciate you. They always disrespecting you. Like, come on, man, you have a Heisman Trophy attached to your fucking name, an NFL MVP attached to your name, a national championship in junior college in Division One football. Come on, man, FBS football. Come on now, damn this. Fuck these niggas, man. Let these stupid ass niggas figure out this football shit on their own. Let their parents do their fucking job. Let their parents stress and see, oh, how can I get my son an offer? Stop doing for these people, y'all, because at the end of the day, these people do not care about y'all, man. Stop caring about them. But anyway, I'm going to take a break, and uh, I'll be back with the next topic. Black History Month. I put up a post that says, sometimes I wish I was born Latino four days before Black History Month. Without even knowing, some of y'all feel the way. And of course, when you write words in the caption, it's like writing, it's like the Bible, right? We all can read the same scriptures and Bible verses, but our takeaways are going to be very differently. So I'm going to go ahead and say, first of all, none of the comments that y'all wrote Nothing that was said. I'm not offended. I'm not I'm not mad. Misunderstood, but I'm not mad. Because when you put some shit out there like that, and as you guys pointed out the time, like, damn, man, Black History Month. Baby. But I do want to clarify something. And, and some of y'all might be pissed off, but I'm a grown-ass man, and this is what I feel. To know me is to understand me. To understand my history is to know that I literally grew up around blacks and Mexicans in Watts, South Central LA. That's one. Number two, okay, they love to put black and brown people against each other. Okay, they love to put black and Jewish people against each other. They love to put us against other communities. What I was pointing out was facts. Not a running joke trying to clown the Latino community, which we all been doing in the hood for years. Oh, man, there's 20 of them living in one house. They pile up in the car 20, 30 deep. You know, Mexicans always blah, blah, blah. But let's talk about that. 20 deep in one house. Where do you ever see that at with black culture? Okay, they love to clown the Latino community about selling flowers and roses and having all these odd got jobs from landscaping to to housekeeping all of these entrepreneurial businesses that help to feed the family and now we're on a whole nother level singers rappers actors producers directors filmmakers the door is open now and I was just basically really just giving love to say we're all trying to be successful 
our culture, our tribe, our people. But you have to have a level of respect when you look at their approach and their commitment to family. You know, y'all ever heard of uh, the Sabbath dinners, right? Do a little again, a little research. The Jewish community, it's almost like a particular mandate that every Friday they do a dinner. I don't want to get into the war, politics, Palestinians. I am making a point about the things that I've seen, noticed, and I'm inspired by. And I said that I would, you know, sometimes I wish I was born in the Latin community, not because I want to be Latin, dumbass. I'm inspired by everything that they do pertaining to family and structure and how it doesn't matter what random odd job and hustle rather you're an actual u.s citizen or you're an immigrant that some way got here in the country you are working your ass off and helping your family your grandparents still live with you your mom your dad and that's a very general blanket statement but they will all live in the same house and then you'll see one person at the time leaving the nest. But they built it together. People are talking a lot of shit about the Jewish community. But long before the war, think about it, man. They have a structure. They have an infrastructure. They have something that they are doing every week. Conversations, building, talking about generational wealth. Hollywood, movies, music, and it's not even many, it's not really that many Jews when you think about it compared to black people. So you ask yourself, is do we have a problem with Jewish people in general or do we have a problem because they actually got their shit together? Lawyers, Managers, agents, running studios, executives of studios, they have made a commitment to mentally, emotionally, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, financially to build. And then, you know, obviously some of the comments, I don't mind negative comments. I'm a big boy. I got thick skin. Sometime when negative comments pop up, it's actually inspiring to give it some thought. But I'll never forget somebody wrote that we as black culture are struggling the way we're struggling because whether we're conscious or not, we are still affected by slavery and we are still affected by the Jim Crow laws that have purposely and maliciously put us up against each other. Soon as a black man is about to get something, why aren't we happy for him? Why are we jealous of another man who gets engaged about to get married? Why do we tear down anything that feels like amazing accomplishments and good vibrations with people are achieving? We as black culture have came so fucking far and 
and we're doing this fragmented. They are killing the game and they're out there doing big things because they have prided themselves on community. Okay? And in closing, I'm going to go ahead and be on some real super, super gangster shit right now. And only the real niggas out here know what I'm about to say. Most of us grew up in a single father home. Sorry. Most of us grew up in a single mother home. My bad. Most of us as young boys didn't have a father at home. My moms had to play both roles. So when we find ourselves loaning and desiring family, it ain't at home. When you in the hood, it ain't at home. So what do you end up doing? You're looking at the Crips and the Bloods, shooting, killing, banging, slanging. They got your back. They put money in your pocket. They helping you to do something. I don't give a fuck if you selling weed, crack, cocaine, heroin. You out here doing something in the hood to get money. Now, that's what I've seen. That's a broad, fucked up generalization. But it's what I've seen as far as what we in the ghetto identify with as family. That's why most young niggas who don't have a father, don't have a family, ain't got no brothers that's got they back, they start looking at the energy of the Bloods or the Crips or the SA gangs, and they like, yo, you 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 a part of the family. <clears throat> Anybody fuck with you, we gonna pull up on them and take care of business. Anybody try and rob you, break up in your house, steal anything from you, we are your family. But they also teaching these young niggas how to roll a blunt and load a gun before they teaching us algebra and sitting us down to say, who are we as black men and black culture? And what are we actually capable of doing when we link up together? <laughs> so, man, listen, I've been in the game, the music game and movie game coming up on 25 years I don't know if niggas are threatened or intimidated by me, but there's been so many celebrities and entertainers over the years that sing, rap, act, direct, produce, editing, music videos, dancing, choreography, stage, getting in the studio, creating music and creating the process of music. And they're all successful. And they really, the approach is you doing your thing. I'm good, bro. I'm doing me. The other communities are linking up with each other. <coughs> and that's what I'm saying. I just want to let y'all know that they took a couple of words from my Latino comment and blasted off with some goofy shit. But I'm just letting y'all know, man. I've always posted black and brown proud, black and brown pride, as well as black pride. And I know it's Black History Month. Just everybody relax. I have to ask y'all a question. What exactly is the point of Black History Month, in your opinion? 
not mine. What is Black History Month for you? Couple of things I want to throw out there. Is it making a commitment to reading certain books and watching certain documentaries and trying to really get a sense of, you know, all of our forefathers and sisters who have bloodshed and put it all on the line, all of these inventions that I keep finding out, like every day I'm finding out a black man or black woman invented that. It's Black History Month for you to tap into these various different things that we as black culture, as African Americans, not just Americans, but the things that we've been able to achieve. So I want y'all to know that in my mind, I think a really new blueprint that we should try and tap into I know, um, I know Diddy was doing the, the conferences, right? Um, um, that was very popular. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Um, so you heard what, um, Tyrese Gibson said. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. When I first saw this post on social media, when he said, you know, all thing I saw was, I wish I was born Latino. And yeah, I got mad. I'm like, damn, why niggas always doing some stupid shit? But once I heard this video, um, it kind of changed my mindset. But I'm still going to talk my shit. So, um, if anybody got a problem with it, you know, hit my line. I don't give a fuck. Um, but anyway, <sighs> see y'all, I was born December 28th, 1996. So <laughs> I'm a millennial. So one thing about Black millennials, we have a lot of stupid ass people. Like we really have some black folks out here that wish they was white. Um, <laughs> I mean, let me see. When you think about a black person want to be white or a different race, you think about um, Tiger Woods. I bet you if you was a blind man, you would think Tiger Woods is white. This how you be. <clears throat> well, you know, you know, you know, the game was good. Yeah, Kobe Bryant, he's the best. <laughs> Gatorade, I like fruit punch. <laughs> wow. Who else you think that's white? Um, uh, Stacy Dash. Um, Holly Berry. Um, I gotta think about some more people. Um, I can't think of a lot of people right now, but it's a lot of people that wish they was white or a different race. Um, I don't know why black folks don't love 
our culture. Like, last time I checked, a lot of people wish they was black. Like, even though we have, you know, terrible history, we have slavery and everything, and all this and this. Um, I don't let that phase me. Um, don't get me wrong, slavery was something terrible. I wish slavery never happened. Because I, if I think if slavery, if slavery would have never happened, I think as a community, as black folks, we'll be in a better place. But some people let that be a crutch. See, my parents, they taught me about slavery. They taught me about this and that, why racism exists. Um, and, you know, the first time I ever witnessed racism, let's see, let's see, let's see. I remember, I mean, I remember watching racism on TV, like Mississippi Burnham, uh, Roots, uh, Great Debaters, stuff like that. But I never seen it, I, I never seen it in my face. See, I grew up in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is far from racist. Like, we have every fucking race in Florida. So, now you go to them, you know, redneck, cracker-ass places, small towns. Yeah, but around Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa, white folks are not racist. Um, I mean, I can't say that they're not racist, but they don't show signs of being racist. Like I said, white girls love sucking on black dick. Niggas like eating on white pussy. Black girls like sucking on white dick. You know, you know some black guys like fucking on Asian pussy. You know, <laughs> curry pussy. Um, <laughs> I mean, everybody like everybody in damn Florida. I mean, you go to if you go to uh, California, it's like that too. But um. For Tyrese to say he wish he was Latino, even though he tried to back up his statement and everything, uh, I can't agree with you on that one, man. Um, the reason why, because I feel like being black is a blessing. You know, also it's a curse, but I'm glad that God made me black. And the reason why is because I just love, how can I say this? I think if I was not black, I couldn't be me. Like, I can't imagine myself being Asian, you know, Chinese, you know, you know, um, Mexican, Puerto Rican, uh, Dominican, Cuban. I mean, even though they say black folks mix with that culture, but... I'm happy that I'm black. I'm I'm black and I'm proud, you know. Um, but me growing up, man, with some a lot of a lot of people I went to school with, a lot of niggas do say, "Oh, I can't fuck with black bitches. Oh, I can't fuck with ghetto ass people. Oh, I can't do this and do that with black folks." But they'll go around kissing white folks' ass and trying to dress like they white. Trust me, when um. See, I graduated 2014. So that era between 2010 and 2014, don't, hey, when I say this, you know I'm fucking right. Half of you 
lame ass niggas were trying to dress like them white boys. Y'all wearing American Eagle, Hollister, Air Apostle. Y'all niggas had the fucking Sperry's with the Elite socks. Y'all fucking did. And in my mind, I said I would never wear no shit like that. That's that white boy style. I feel like black folks, we have our own style. Like, I'm saying, like, I used to hate seeing black boys fucking wear that Aeropostle shit, American Eagle shit, um, Hollister shit. Man, I used to hate that shit, y'all. That shit got on my fucking nerves. Like, I used to hate that shit, man. And if you listen to this shit, you know the fuck I'm talking about. I'm telling y'all, like, they have some Sperry's, right? They have them little... Tight ass, um, cargo shorts or khaki shorts, and then there were like a like, and then the sock, the, the the Nike Elite socks, they were master shirt, and oh my god, that shit was so fucking tacky. And then they were the little um, rosemary necklaces or some shit. I don't know if it's called rosemary or not, but um. For Tyrese to say some shit like this, this some clown shit, man. I'm sorry. And don't get me wrong. I fuck with Tyrese. I love his music. He need to drop another album. I need to hurry up because I'm a big fan of him. But when when he say things like this, I'm like, come on, Tyrese. But I'm forgetting that he went through so much. He, you know, lost his wife. Remember, he made that video. <laughs> My baby. You know, I understand. He been through some shit. But... Every time y'all niggas mess with that outside race pussy, y'all start saying some dumb shit. Y'all start acting all weird. Trust me. I knew a look, I knew a lot of niggas that, that was like that. And you know, on my podcast, I'm gonna name drop. So my one of my old best friends, Deshaun Blair. Um, great football player. But this nigga loved white girls. See, if I was blind and, you know, self, you thought the Sean Blair was white. Had the mohawk, all that shit. As a matter of fact, all you niggas that had mohawks, you want to be white. I'm sorry. I fuck with Roscoe Dash, but only Roscoe Dash could pull that shit off. Anyway, who else? Um, a, a, lot of, a lot of my teammates was like that. All my black teammates. They'll, you know... Oh, I don't like black girls. You know, black girls, this and that. Oh, my God. No, another one of my friends, Michael Jenkins. I love you, bro, but you know your ass do not like black females. And Michael Jenkins act like a fucking white boy. <laughs> but Michael never never said he wanted to be white or nothing like that. But I'm just saying, it's just, I know a lot of black guys that think like Tyrese. Like, I'm sorry that, I understand, Latinos, they value family real good. They do. But I'm sorry. My parents can be paid. Look, look, when I stayed with my parents, they had to pay bills, had to pay something. You know, my parents always said, hey, Dante, you can't be with us till you're 35 years old. I mean, I don't know. It's just some cultures are different. And the black culture, 
parents don't play that shit. Parents, if you stay with your parents <laughs> as a black person, nigga, you have to pay something, contribute to something. Like, you, like you, you can't be in there just living and working at McDonald's and saying, hey, this is my whole life. See, as black folks, we have to, we have to grind, man. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing given to us. And then, like I said, Tyrese talking about some with slavery, this slavery, that. I mean, slavery kind of fucked up a lot of families. Now, I I tell them this: slavery does matter. Slavery it does matter in certain type of states. Me, I live in South Carolina. These crackers here. They ruthless down here. Like it's very divided. Like you, you, you rarely see a black person being friends with a white person here. But if you go to Florida, California, or New York, you kind of see that everybody's diverse. But you go to like Georgia, nah, it's not Georgia. Cool. If you go to South Carolina, Mississippi, it's it's very divided here. It's very, it's very divided. But, um, like I said, Tyrese need to stop talking, man. It's every time he says something, he sounds stupid. Um, if you agree with everything Tyrese say, that's your opinion. But, you know, I'm not finna sit here and say, oh, I agree. With you. I, I can't agree with that, man. It's it, like, it seems like so many black people don't want to be black. Every time, every time you ask a black person, um, where they from? And tell me this true, especially a black bitch. Every time you ask a black bitch where she from, oh, I'm black, European, um, Chinese, Filipino, in uh, Afghanistan. <laughs> like, for real. Every, I mean, the, the bitch can be black as moonlight. And they tell me also they mix with white, they Caucasian, uh, South European, stuff like that. Just be lying. Like, what's wrong? What's wrong with being a straight nigga? What What's wrong with being a straight black person? And people got realize this. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everybody that says they're mixing something they're lying. I mean, I'm black and German, but I claim my black side more than German. All the time, I claim Germany is in the Olympics. <laughs> but um, like I said, there's a lot of black people that's black and German. What the fuck I look like saying, oh, I'm black, German, um, Caucasian, uh, Jama- um, not, not Jamaican, but I'm saying this mixing different fucking races that don't mix. But I'm saying like Tyrese said this shit on Black History Month. And the other thing, why do why do so much black folks got a problem with Black History Month? Me to me, Black History Month is every fucking month. I pay how much to my black people. But um a lot of people honestly some of y'all motherfuckers don't care about black history and it shows. Like damn, like black history to me black history is kind of swept under the fucking rug. Like some of y'all don't post nothing about black history. Some of y'all don't say happy black history. Matter of fact, most of you bitch niggas and say happy Juneteenth. But that's another conversation. But I'm just saying, like, what's so, what is so wrong with being black? Yes, our community is fucked up. 
We have some bitch niggas in our community. We shoot each other. We we hate on each other. We, I know that. But at the end of the day, every race, every culture has its pros and cons. It just seems like our our community is more targeted. But like I said, basically Tyrese just said basically black people don't do nothing for themselves. Basically, we always hate. Like he gave more cons than pros. Okay, Tyrese, if you want to be Latino, go over there. Then. I, we don't give a fuck. It's like damn. Every time y'all niggas put y'all start eating that that white pussy, that Latino pussy, y'all want to act like them. Like, have you noticed? Um, that a lot of black men, when they date a white girl or a Latino girl, do you know they're willing to take part of their spouses, the the spouses activities from their family? You, you never, you never see a black, no, no, I bad. I can say black men, black women and men. When they date somebody outside their race, they are freely and willing to take part of their culture. It seems like they forget about the black culture. Well, I mean, the outside races love us. Yeah, they love fucking on y'all and shit, but they're not willing to take part of the black culture. Why do you think Young Jeezy and his wife is breaking up? What she said, oh, you know... You know, I love my black men, but I like the other meat too. I love the other meat too. Come on, man. So, so I'm saying like it's just it's levels to this, y'all. And and y'all let y'all let these other people shit on our tradition. Why is that? Whew, man. Like I said, I love being, I love being black. I love my black women. I love being black. I love the styles. I love our slang. I love our lingo. I love it. I love it. Like I said, every time y'all niggas say, say, say something stupid about our race, then y'all get mad when we get on you. I mean, it's some black folks that care about the culture. It seems like every year is less and less people that care about the black culture. Every time. Every time. Every time... I don't know, it just seemed like y'all quit to go. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to say this too. Why are black people so willing to support other people's functions but their own functions? Like this. Jay-Z. When the last time Jay-Z and Beyonce been to the BET Awards?
When was the last time? Hmm? But Jay-Z, Beyonce going to the Grammys. And that's ran by all crackers, right? Why is that? I mean, ain't Jay-Z from Brooklyn? Is he from the Marcy Apartments? Hmm? Why is that? Hmm? I'm kind of making sense a little bit. Also, why do... Why do we support Netflix more than Tubi? I mean, that's time I checked, Tubi got all the independent black movies. And they got some good movies. Now, some movies are stupid, some, but some movies are good. But we're willing to pay $19 a month for Netflix. Ran by white people. I mean, do any of y'all got BET Plus? I don't think so. I mean, I got BT Plus, but I'm saying, do any of y'all got BT Plus? I mean, that's ran by black people, right? I mean, I know I'm I know I'm I'm kind of going over the place, but I'm just saying I'm trying to give y'all examples. Now, oh now, don't get me wrong. Now, y'all support Zeus Network and shit, yeah, ratchet shit. But I'm saying it's just. Am I making sense? Now, what Tyree said about Latino community, yes, they're close. They're all about family. They're all about sticking together. All that. But as black folks, we did that in the slavery times. The 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, 70s, and then Slowly, we start dividing in the 80s, the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now. The black community is so divided, y'all. Like I said, we are so divided. If you talk proper, you're Uncle Tom. If you don't sag your pants, you ain't real. If you get along with look, if you get along with everybody like I do, oh, you don't care about the community, Dante. It's the, the only time we come together is when a nigga gets shot. That's the only time we together. The only time we look, once again, the only time we are together is when a nigga gets shot by the cops. But let me tell you something. No, my bad. When a nigga when a nigga gets shot by a white cop or an outside race cop. Now, when Tyree Nichols got killed, uh, uh, Tyrone Nichols got killed by an all black police unit. None of y'all bitch niggas didn't say nothing. None of y'all say, "Well, well, hey, R.I.P. Mr. Nichols." But if Ty, if Nichols would have got killed by some white boys, oh my God, we'd have burned everything down, this and that. Fuck 
USA. Remember when George Floyd died, you niggas was burning shit down. I seen you niggas on damn Facebook trying to get some clout. Especially my Jacksonville people. I saw y'all acting all fucking stupid. Acting like some fucking clowns. And that's one thing about us black people. We pick and choose who we going to defend. We pick and choose when we're going to protest. We pick and choose when we're going to loot. Yeah, that's that's one thing about the black community. We pick and choose. But, you know, different races, they, they stand up for their shit. Look, you can say what you want to say about Jews and shit. Hey, they, they stick together. No matter what the situation. Asians, they stick up for each other. No matter the situations. And crackers? <laughs> hey, them crackers strong now. Them crackers, hey, even though even though some crack, you know, most of them crackers be some whole ass bitches. When they stand for something, they stand together. Black folks, we just pick and choose. I mean, when the girl got killed by her friends up there in Mexico, I forgot the girl's name. I did an episode on it. I ain't seen none of y'all motherfuckers stand up for her. When your when your cousin or your boy get killed by another nigga, y'all niggas don't stand up. Y'all niggas be quiet. Y'all niggas be maybe damn man, recipe dog. How many fucking rappers got killed in Jacksonville? Behind his youngin' ace and fucking Fulio beef. Before, like different beasts in Jacksonville. None of y'all niggas don't take no chances. None of y'all niggas don't stand for nothing. And when I say niggas, I'm my bitches too. I'm just saying, man, like I said, Tyrese made some uh, some key points. And last, I'm almost done. He's talking about, and then he's talking about single fathers, single mothers and shit. Look, I'm sorry. If you had a single mom or a single dad, I'm sorry. Nigga, I was fortunate. I had both parents. Even though my real dad was not in the picture, my stepdad stepped up. Shit, I ain't know my fucking stepdad. Look, I ain't know my stepdad was my stepdad until I went to the doctor and found out he was my stepdad. <laughs> I thought he was my, my, my real dad the whole time. Um, But if you had, if if you was a single parent, I mean, if, if you had a single parent in the house, uh, I feel for you. But as black folks, we need to stop this notion that Oh, you know, I ain't had no mom or dad in the house. So I saw the streets and they and they became my father. Look, man. Even if I had a single parent in the in my fucking household, bitch, I was gonna be fucking successful. I, look, me, first of all, Dante. Was not going to jail. I was not going to be nobody's bitch in jail. Second. I want to live a long time. So I was not in them streets. Yes. I got in fights with niggas and stuff. Yes. I had friends that was in the streets. Yes. We got shot at. Yes. You know. We got robbed. Yes. A nigga put a, put a gun on my face. Yes. I've been robbed. Yes. 
I've been through it, but I was never no street nigga. I would never tell you, hey, man, I, man, I was in the street, bro. I was, man, I, man, I was singing Kane out there, bro. I'm moving bricks. Nah, I was still a Knicks. Nah, I'm not like that. Even though I had friends, if you're from Jacksonville, from Sin City, Moncrief, Cleveland Arms, um, Don Avenue, um, Sutel, like, I had friends all over the fucking city. And each one of my friends had different circumstances. Some had two parents. Some some had one parent. But one thing, I knew I had one friend. I ain't gonna say the nigga name because we're not friends, so I'm not giving him no fucking clout. But um, one of my friends, um, he had a single mom. He had two sisters. And I think he lived on Fairfax, <laughs> on North Side. If you know about Fairfax, it's it's ugly out there. I mean, it's it's the slums out there. He turned out good. I mean, he's a cop now. I mean, his god that is a fucking rapper from Miami, and he's doing quite fine. Like his dad was in jail. I think. Uh, I think. All through his high school years, uh, I think. And he turned out good. Well, one of my other friends had a single mom and, I mean, had a single mother. And her, bo- her, um, her, his, uh, mom's boyfriend stepped up and became his father. And he turned out good. He's doing good right now. So uh, this whole notion that black folks, it's, it's like a stereotype. It's like, if a black person don't have a father in the house or, oh, they're going to turn out gay or they're going to turn out, you know, as a felon. It's not true. It's all about you. It's all about how you think. Yes, America broadcasts black setbacks and black shortcomings a lot. But trust me, it's a lot it's a lot of white people out here, Latinos out here, people from different races, they got some fuck ups too. But I'm not finna let this Jim Crow bullshit. Jim Crow has been dead for a long time. Fuck that cracker, he can eat a fucking dick. All I care. Fuck that cracker. He made he made black people's lives a living hell during that time. If you don't know who Jim Crow is, you're a dumbass. You should know who Jim Crow is. Jim Crow had some fucked up laws for the South. That's why a lot of people left the South and went to the North. It's called and went to New York. It's called the Harlem Renaissance. Read on it. But I'm just saying, I'm not gonna let one thing about me, I am not gonna let no other race put hold me back. As black folks, we need backbones. We need people to to stand up for themselves. It's not Jim Crow's fault that you working at McDonald's. It's not Jim Crow's fault that you working a ten dollar job. It's your fucking fault. It's up to you if you want to be successful. It's up to you if you're gonna make a lot of money. It's up to you. They get out the hood. It's 
it's up to you to stop having so many fucking baby mamas. It's up to you to stop having multiple baby daddies. It's up to you if you want your dream car. It's up to you to do anything you want to do. It's up to you. It's up to you. Black folks, stop blaming other races for your our shortcomings. I had to realize that once I got older, I said, man, damn, I can't do nothing, man. I can't play football, this and that. I can't get a good job. But it's all about you doing the research for yourself. As as black folks, yes, we want something handed to us. Yes, we want people to take care of us. No, you got to take care of yourself. Yes, black folks, we were kind of... Now, now, I'll say this. Black folks, we're getting better at being entrepreneurs and making our own money. But it comes to a point where everybody can't be entrepreneurs. Everybody can't be rich and famous. Everybody can't be wealthy. It's just some. It's a mindset, man. If you if if you if you keep that mindset of saying, "Oh man, I hope somebody give me something," then you're gonna be stuck in that mind. Like you're gonna be stuck where you at for the rest of your life. And then when you get 40, 45 years old, you're gonna tell a young kid, "Hey, I, I should did this. I should did that. I should did this. I should did that." No. I know. I, I know. I kind of went left with it, but I'm sorry. I just I'm passionate about this shit, man. I'm passionate about my my black folks, man. I w- I want to see all my black folks do good, man. I want to see everybody strive for greatness. It's up to you if you want to be great, bitch. I got fucking kids. I mean, I got a kid. I'm sorry. I got a kid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a kid. I have a family. I have a family that I got to take care of. And I can't be sitting here playing with my dick and saying, man, damn, man, I can't do nothing with my life. I don't got no felonies. I don't got no convictions or nothing. I ain't been, I mean, I've been a good fucking citizen. And I saying, if you don't got no felonies and nothing like that, you better strive for greatness. Now, if you do, man, I mean, it's different ways, but I don't know. I'm not a criminal, but... I'm just saying, man, black folks, yes, be mad at Tyrese what he said, but he had some key points. But I would never, ever say I wish I was white. I would never say that. What the fuck? I'm not Kodak Black. I ain't Kodak Black in any ways. No, 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 no. I'm Dante Stevie J. Collins. I'm black, and I'm fucking proud. But anyway, I am done (laughs) with this topic. I got one more topic I want to talk to y'all about, so I'm going to take another break, and I'll be back with the next topic. Saddened by the passing of Eric Mays, it came as a surprise to so many people. Mays represented Flint's North End, which many consider the forgotten part of the city. But when you talk to people, Councilman Mays made sure those who live there were not forgotten. We lost a fighter for uh, 
the North End. He spoke the truth about what's going on down here at the City Hall, and he spoke his mind. He believed in the city of Flint, and we loved him very much. People who live in Flint say Councilman Eric Mays fought for the people. He was the voice during the water crisis, holding meetings and listening to people. When it was time to fill out the paperwork for the water settlement, Eric Mays helped bring attorneys to explain what people needed to do. He was the voice for the least of these. And so that was what people admired about him as far as his fight and his passion and his strength and his courage, and he would never back down. You know, if he believed in something, he was going to fight until the bitter end for those things that he believed in. Former Mayor Karen Weaver called Mays a friend. They ran against each other for mayor in 2022. Weaver says they often fought for the same issues. He wasn't a rubber stamp, I'll tell you that. Uh, and, I, and that was what I appreciated because you have to think and say, okay, am I looking at this the wrong way? Is there another way to do this? Is there a better way? Should you wait? And so that was the kind of relationship that we had where we could go back and forth and question and talk and convene and try to figure some things out. Mays died on Saturday at his home in Flint. His older brother, Sherman Mays, says it was a shock to the whole family. It was like, wow, that this just happened. And so we're just dealing with it. But, you know, we're survivors, too, so we'll be okay. Sherman says people admired his younger brother and respected him. That's Eric. What you saw in public is the same as what we saw uh, as a family with him growing up. Karen Weaver says he fought for the people, and that fight will be hard to come by. You can get somebody that will fight for the same things, but will they be as 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 noticeable, as strong, as forceful as Councilman Mays? That, that, that's a hard act to follow. He was a voice for the people who didn't feel heard. Many say he represented not just his section of Flint, but the whole city. His absence will be noticed, and his service will be a hard act to follow. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. Okay, okay, you heard that. Um, Very sad news, man. Uh, Eric Mays has passed away from natural causes. Um, I did my research and everything like that. They said that it was because of um, an illness he had. And the man was only 65 years old. To me, that's still young. You know, but I'm very shocked. Um, you know, we all discovered Eric Mays um, like a year ago. Um, he was brave. He talked this shit. He went out swinging. Um, guys, he's the right example how to defend yourself at all times. Like, you see the meetings he had with council and stuff like that. He didn't play no games. He was no bitch. Every time he came in the meetings, he stand on business. <laughs> I mean, he was standing on business real hard. Um, so, um, rest in peace, Eric Mage. You will be missed. Um, my condolences go out to his family. I know it's tough. I think he was the youngest sibling at all his at all his brothers and sisters. So, you know, um, 
That's crazy, man. You know, I couldn't imagine if my little brother <laughs> went out before me. I'm expecting to die before my my little brothers. But um, this is why I always tell people: take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Make sure you eat right. Make sure you exercise. Make sure you drink water. Make sure you, you know, take your vitamins and stuff because you see it every day. People die young. People die old. So, um, like I said, my goal is to survive until I'm shitting on myself in a nursing home. And I'm going to keep working out, working out, working out, working out, working out, working out until I can't work out no more. Remember, age is just a number. Don't let age determine, oh, I'm finna get fat. I'm finna get out of shape. But anyway, once again, rest in peace, Eric Mays. You'll be missed. And you will always be in my memory and other black folks' memory. Rest in peace. All right, all right. That is it for today's episode. Um, please subscribe. Um, please... Uh, send in reviews. See, please um, share my shit, and please don't be afraid to um, send me questions and stuff like that. Um, if you don't follow me on Facebook, it's Dante Stevie J Collins. My IG Dante Stevie J Collins. My Twitter Dante Stevie J Collins. So feel free to uh, message me and give me some ideas. Um, just make sure you subscribe too. Um. Just thank y'all to my loyal listeners, man. I know it's been a long ride. My next goal is to get um, 3,000 listens. So please help me achieve that goal. Um, Like I told y'all before, last season and previous seasons, I'm trying to make this shit shake. I'm trying to get this podcast bigger. Um, It if you notice, um, thanks to y'all, I finally got me a microphone. So if you're wondering why I sound so different, yeah, I got a microphone. I love the microphone. It makes my voice sound good. It's just I got to get used to it. I'm not used to talking on a microphone. <laughs> I mean, like the whole episodes and seasons, I've been using my phone as my microphone. But, you know, I had to change up the audio for season um, five. So, um, just thank y'all, man. Keep listening, man. Keep being loyal. You know, you keep being loyal, I'm going to give y'all some great content. I'm going to make y'all laugh. I'm going to make you sad, make you mad. That's my job. So, um, just like I said, once again, thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for, you know, for all the messages, Dante, you doing your thing, Dante, keep on going, Dante, your shit gonna get big, I love that shit, I love, you know, I love getting motivation from my fellow peers, so, once again, welcome to the Dante Stevie J. Collins Show, if you know somebody that need a podcast like mine, hey, share my shit, and tell them to subscribe, but anyway, I love y'all, y'all have a good weekend, And I will talk to y'all next time. But anyway, you know I'm going to say it. Stay tuned for more episodes from the Dante Stevie J. Collins Show. Love you, peace, soul grease.